You're listening to the audio podcast of the weekly message preached at Central United Methodist Church. We're located in the Ballston neighborhood of Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to worship with us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Visit us on the web at cumcballston dot o-r-g. There you can learn more about our congregation, where we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. Today's reading is on page 16, 12, and 16, 13, and it's also in your uh, staple separately in your handout. The parable of the Good Samaritan. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus says, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too the Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him in, took, took him to, in, to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for an extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Ellie, for reading. When we say this is the word of God for the people of God, you all know the response is, thanks be to God. This moment that happens is part of our liturgy. That word just simply means the work of the people. When we gather for worship, it is not just those who are up front leading. We lead with you because God is the audience. God is the one who watches us as we worship. There are other moments in worship that we have that are the same week to week. Sometimes when we pass the peace, we know that that's a call and response of the peace of Christ be with you and also with you. In a little while when we gather at the table, we'll have some other familiar words in the liturgy. Now, it's not always familiar to everyone in the room, and that's why we put words on the screen and we let you know where in the book it is. But once you have come to church for a while, you start to get used to the rhythm, you get used to the liturgy. And for some of us, that expectation of things being the way we want them to be is what brings us comfort and helps us relax because we know what to expect. All this month, we have been looking to the series that was Mr. 
Rogers Neighborhood. That was a children's show on television for many years in the U.S. He was an ordained Presbyterian minister. He knew the power of liturgy. He knew the power of being able to incorporate the children who were watching the show into what he was doing. I'm told through the interviews I've read that when he looked at the camera, he would always think of one child. When he was speaking, he was imagining that he was speaking to an individual child. And in the interviews of people who grew up watching the show, they said how often they would respond to what Mr. Rogers was saying on the show. So this morning, as we begin our time of proclamation of the word, we're going to start with some liturgy from Mr. Rogers. I have a video that I'm going to show that is the opening to his show, and you're going to see it twice. You're going to see it first from the very first episode that ever aired, and then from the very last episode that ever aired. So let us listen now to Mr. Rogers. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beauty wood, a neighborly day for a beauty. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? I have always wanted to have a neighbor just like you. I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you, so let's make the most of this beautiful day. Since we're together, we might as well say, would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Won't you please? Won't you please? Please won't you be my neighbor? Hi, glad to see you today. I shall button my buttons on the sweater, change my shoes, and get ready to have some time with you in this very special studio of ours. Do you ever change your shoes when you come home from someplace? Oh, your school or your work or get ready to play. How are you doing with your tying? Took me a long time to learn how to make that and that into a bow. Mm -hmm. But I kept practicing and practicing and practicing and finally learned quickly. beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beauty wood, a neighborly day for a beauty. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? I have always wanted to have a neighbor just like you. I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you, so Let's make the most of this beautiful day, beautiful day. Since we're together, we might as well say, would you be mine, could you be mine, won't you be my neighbor? Won't 
you please, won't you please, please won't you be my neighbor. It is a beautiful day. It doesn't matter what it's like outside. It can be a beautiful day inside. So this worship series has asked the question, won't you be my neighbor? On the very first week, we heard from the Gospel of Matthew, where Jesus tells us to love God and love our neighbors. Today, we heard another version of this story from the Gospel of Luke. And in this instance, we see that Jesus' teaching wasn't enough to satisfy a particular religious leader who was trying to test Jesus. He asked this follow-up question. And who is my neighbor? Jesus refused to give the religious leader the answer that he wanted, a rule to follow. He doesn't give a neat definition of neighbor, allowing him to argue about it. Instead, Jesus told a story. He told a story that invites us to listen to who might be a good neighbor. It's a liturgical response to a practical question, not unlike Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Amy Hollinsworth wrote a book called The Simple Faith of Mr. Rogers, and she argued that if there is a central biblical theme to Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, this is it, the Good Samaritan, end quote. What if the whole of Fred Rogers' work was a liturgical invitation to embody the story of the Good Samaritan. What if Mr. Rogers was over and over again offering a model of what it looks like to be a good neighbor, loving our neighbors as ourselves? The kingdom of God for Fred Rogers is a neighborhood. Perhaps the neighborhood and the idea of neighboring was Mr. Rogers' most persistent parable Hello, neighbor, he would say. I'd like you to meet my television neighbor. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. The neighbor language was prevalent throughout the entire series. Mr. Rogers was one who was very careful about the words that he used. He didn't call his viewers boys and girls, friends, acquaintances, or even ladies and gentlemen. He called them neighbor. There's no denying that that was an important theological statement that he was making. Throughout Scripture, both in the Hebrew Bible and in the New Testament, we see the importance of loving your neighbor as yourself. And in the Gospel lesson today, who is my neighbor? That is the question. And Jesus answered with a story. In this story, a man is beaten by thieves and left to die. A priest, a very powerful man, both religiously and politically, was walking along the road and saw the injured man. And he crossed to the other side to avoid helping him. Another religious leader comes along and does the same thing. And finally, someone else comes down the road, a Samaritan. Someone who was the wrong color, the wrong tribe, the wrong class. And yet, he is the one who stopped. He was moved with compassion to tend to the injured man, taking him to an inn and paying for his lodging and recovery. At the end of the story, Jesus asks, What do you think? Which one of these three was the neighbor? 
and the scholar must answer the one who demonstrated mercy toward him. When Mr. Rogers called his viewers neighbors, when he hosted us in the neighborhood, he was playing out his greatest parable, calling us gently but firmly into lives of mercy and care for one another. Maybe in calling us neighbors, he knew he was calling us into something more than what we were. Maybe he hoped that if he got a young generation to believe that they were capable of love and mercy, then maybe a whole generation could grow into real neighbors. At the core of his mission is that paradoxical Christian belief that to gain one's life is to give it away. Quote, the underlying message of the neighborhood, Rogers once said, is that if someone cares about you, it's possible that you'll care about others. You are special and so is your neighbor. That part is essential. You are not the only special person in the world. The person you happen to be with at the moment is beloved too." End quote. Who is my neighbor? And how do I love them? That was the focus of Jesus' time and energy and teaching. Now, if you ask a lot of Christians today what the focus of Christianity is, they might say something like, praying to let Jesus into your heart to save us from your sins so we can go to heaven when we die. When we look closely at scripture, we see that the story of Jesus is about so much more than only getting a ticket to heaven. I think people who choose to sum up Christianity with the focus only on their personal relationship with Jesus, they're embracing a religion about Jesus. I think the Christianity that we see modeled in the life and the ministry of Fred Rogers shows us how we can embrace the religion of Jesus. Now, Jesus was a Jewish rabbi, so I don't mean Fred was trying to be Jewish. What I mean is that his personal relationship with Christ allowed his life to be so transformed that he lived in the abundant life that Jesus offers to us in the here and the now, not just in the afterlife. There's a famous Esquire magazine article featuring Mr. Rogers, and the journalist put it this way, quote, Fred Rogers decided that he wanted to live in heaven. Heaven is the place where good people go when they die. But this man, Fred Rogers, didn't want to go to heaven. He wanted to live in heaven, here, now, in this world. And so one day, when he was talking about all the people he had loved in this life, he looked at me and said, quote, The connections we make in the course of a life. Maybe that's what heaven is, Tom. We make so many connections here on earth. Look at us. I've just met you but I'm investing in who you are and who you will be, and I can't help it." End quote. Mr. Rogers had a gift for connecting with people. I think this gift grew out of the pain of the loneliness of his childhood. He'd been sick for many, many years, and he was isolated and lonely due to his sickness. 
One day in high school, a very popular athlete was injured, and the school asked Fred to take his school assignments every day to this injured athlete who was recovering at home. During the weeks and months of this recovery period, the athlete and Fred formed a bond of friendship. When this new friend returned to school, he told all the other students how great Fred was, and this opened up his world to so many new friendships. I think that as an adult, Mr. Rogers remembered the pain of that loneliness, and it inspired him to give his full attention to people and let them know how much he cared for them. His definition of neighbor was whomever you happen to be with at the moment, especially if they are in need. There's a great podcast that came out last year. It's called Finding Fred. Two of the episodes, we hear about children who were in need, and Fred went to help them. In one episode, it features Chris, who moved with his parents to Russia in 1987. It was a lonely childhood for an American boy living in Moscow because his parents were journalists. They were assigned to work there. When Mr. Rogers went to Moscow to film an episode of his show, he stopped by the apartment where Chris lived with his family. They had a wonderful visit, including appearances from puppets from the show. Chris recalled it as, as an adult that the experience of having Mr. Rogers show up at their door transformed his memories of Russia as a lonely place to one that was a magical place where surprising friends can appear. Another episode featured a girl named Beth, who at the age of six had to undergo extensive brain surgery to treat a rare illness. Not long before her surgery, she had a phone call with Mr. Rogers. They spoke for almost an hour. Beth was able to tell Mr. Rogers how scared she was that she was going to die. After Beth's surgery, she fell into a coma for some time. Mr. Rogers visited her in the hospital and prayed with her family. He left some of his puppets there in her room so that when she woke up, she would be surrounded by friends. He became quite close to the whole family, and Beth, who wasn't expected to reach the age of 18, is now over 40. When we hear the story of the Good Samaritan, we often think about it in terms of go and do likewise. This is important, of course, but it's not the only part of the story that we can take away. This morning, I want us to consider who in our lives has been a neighbor to us? Who has been a neighbor to you lately? Who helped you this week? Who helped you when you were a child? Being part of a neighborhood is like being part of the kingdom of God, which means that we are bound together with others. In the kingdom of God, we are bound together with God's love. Sometimes, we don't want to allow ourselves to be vulnerable and to be the one in need of mercy. Is there someone in your life who might want to be your neighbor, but they haven't been given the chance yet? When Mr. Rogers asked Beth's mom if he could visit that hospital room, her mom had to allow the family to be open to receiving his mercy 
at such a vulnerable time when their daughter was in a coma in the ICU. Sometimes we resist when others want to be our neighbor because we don't want to allow them to see the broken and the hurting places in our lives and the wounds that we have that need healing. But Beth's mom took a risk and said yes and welcomed Mr. Rogers into that hospital room. The family's friendship blossomed over the years. Beth's parents worked at the University of Connecticut, and when Beth was 12, she suggested to her parents that they ask Mr. Rogers to be the commencement speaker for graduation. During that speech, he invited all of the graduates to pause for a moment of silence to remember the ones who had loved them into being. When he won the Emmy's Lifetime Achievement Award, he did the same thing. And so this morning, I'm going to follow Mr. Rogers' lead. I'm going to invite all of us into a moment of silence to remember the people in our lives who have been neighbors to us, the ones who have shown mercy, the ones who have helped to heal our wounds, and who have seen us just as we are, and who have said that we are loved. So we'll take this moment of silence to remember those who have been our neighbor. Thank you, God, for all of the names and the faces that have come to our hearts and minds in this moment, for the ways in which people have been neighbors to us. We are so grateful, Lord, for the gift of community that you have given to us. In this moment, we are thankful for those who have gone before us and who are no longer with us. Lord, thank you that we have the opportunity to be others' neighbors today. Lord, help us to see those who are in need of mercy. Help us to be willing to cross the street and to reach out to those who are hurting. Thank you, Lord, that when we want a rule, you give us a story and you inspire us to new life and abundant life with you here and now, we lift up this prayer in the name of our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.